Welcome back to the Wrong Advice Podcast. I'm your host, John Pacino, and I'm very excited to have Alex Scott on the line with us today. Alex, how are you? Hey, hey, I'm good. How about yourself, John? Uh, day before Christmas Eve, very excited, feeling very festive. I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. Why don't, uh, why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners? Yeah, first of all, Merry Christmas Eve, Eve, on the day that we're recording this. Um, <laughs> my name's Alex Scott, and I am a trauma-informed dating and relationship coach. Um, and the Cliff Notes version of how I got to where I am today is by making a bunch of mistakes and learning the hard way. So I actually got married at the ripe old age of 20, thinking I knew everything and who I was as a person and what I wanted out of my life. Yeah, wow. I usually get that look. Yeah. <laughs> the eyebrows go up, jaw drops. Um and I was raised in a really conservative religious background. So that's why I was like, oh, yeah, this is what I'm supposed to do. You know, I'm checking all the boxes that my parents my entire life told me I needed to check. Well, about a year in, found out that sadly, my partner at the time struggled with some addiction issues. It was the total blind side, like did not see that coming. He hit it really well. And after some trial and error, I sadly made the decision, or not sadly, it was actually one of the best decisions of my life, but no one likes going through divorce. So I left him. Um, I just knew I didn't want to bring kids into that dynamic. And um, as timing would have it, Bumble and Tinder were the new hot things on the market. So your girl got herself on there and then stuck in a huge cycle of dating talk, you know, dating men who just weren't what I truly wanted. And I was like, why do I keep choosing these assholes? Hmm. Oh, am I allowed to cuss on here? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, great. Awesome. My kind of people. So I was like, why do I keep choosing these assholes? And I, I swallowed the first big horse pill of like, all right, girl, you're the common denominator here. So what's so broken within you that has you seeking out and choosing these kinds of guys? And um, thus started my love for psychology and how we are wired for relationships and the differences between male and female perspective and experiences. And so slowly but surely, I started really focusing on myself, my personal development, healing from the inside out, because what I started to learn was the reason there is actually a lot of science behind why we're stuck in toxic relationship cycles because of our nervous system, um, which we can unpack that if you want. But Definitely. Uh, I just started implement. I started implementing these new skills as I was dating, and a um, couple years later, got myself an amazing gem of a human being um, as a partner, and now. We live together. We're going on three years and have a dog and we love our little family. And so now I just, when COVID hit, I, uh, my boyfriend actually was the one that was like, you should just teach people how to establish healthy relationships because I had to go through so much growth myself. And then with him and as we started dating and I was sharing with him all of the tools and techniques that I was implementing for my own life. But then for us as a couple, um, he was like, do it girl like you should and so now a year and a half later i have a thriving business and i'm so fucking thankful it is an honor to be able to help these women change their lives that is fucking so. awesome holy shit that is like <laughs> the most making lemonade out of lemons i've ever heard in my entire life that's awesome i mean that's, yeah yeah i'm really thankful <laughs> that's pretty sweet <laughs> to my, be where i am today so obviously like i've never been married i'm 36 i'm single um, I have had a number of wildly wonderful relationships that didn't work out for any number of reasons of mm -hmm. timing, of wanting children right. or not, you know, all normal things and a litany yeah. of horrible relationships. Um, I would love to know what 
key ingredients, factors, things or whatever that people should be on the lookout for developing healthy relationships. And I, and I would like it kind of don't you don't have to be as, you know, particular or, or as broad, but I'm just curious so like if there's some trend, something that like overarching will allow people to be more open to like healthy relationships versus there seems to be a lot of toxicity out there, at least post COVID world. <laughs> Start with you because we all know hopefully ourselves the best. And if you don't take some time to know what your own version of crazy is, because we all have it, right? We all have our own stuff. And if we know ourselves well enough to know what triggers us, like what bothers us within relationships, and we can start to manage how we respond and manage our own anxieties and insecurities, that's the first step because relationships are 50% how you treat the other person and they're 50% how you react to the other person. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So totally. starting with you is the reaction piece. Now, when it comes to actually dating and what to look for, I can tell you that something that's very common nowadays is a really hot and heavy start. Oh yeah. And it's not, yeah. And it's not sustainable. And this can show up a lot with like um, the, the hot, term right now is love bombing oh, which man. is really just, yeah, yeah i just learned this unfortunately <laughs> yeah yeah so so love bombing is a tactic used to establish a false sense of intimacy and connection really quickly and so it can look like a couple different things one it could be really big like grandiose uh, uh gestures so for example they're buying you really lavish gifts real quick it can also come across something as simple as constantly complimenting you and kind of putting you on a pedestal um you know like you're you're the one for me. Where have you been all my life? You know, you're so beautiful and I'm just so in love with who you are. And it's like, dude, we're on our second date, like <laughs> pump the brakes. Yeah. All right. So, so keep an eye out for love bombing, because like I said, it, it establishes this false sense of intimacy and trust. And then once they hook you and they got you invested emotionally, because now once we invest emotionally, that's when all the justifying starts. We're like, oh, they're just having a rough day today, right? And it's like, it doesn't matter if they're having a rough day, if they're disrespecting you, if they're not respecting your boundaries, if they're talking down to you, if they're being contemptuous, it ain't okay. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, really taking the time to be present while you're dating and look out for, you know, are they, are they really hot and heavy? Are they overly complimenting me? You know, is this unbalanced at all? Um, and are we texting nonstop? That's another thing. Texting nonstop is not sustainable. And I can tell you, we train people how to treat us. So if they're not comfortable with a, a three hour text delay, cause you're busy with work, Ooh, that's something to really explore, right? Mm, um, very good. So, so those are some those are some quick tips. I'm super glad you brought up the whole love bomb thing because, like, three or four months ago, I had dated a girl for a few months, and her mm -hmm. biggest thing to me was don't love bomb me. And I was like, I have no idea what that is. I, I'd spent most of COVID <laughs> single, not dating for obvious reasons of not wanting to kill myself and or any of my parents. Um, so, like, for the better part of a year and a half, I didn't do much dating. Then I got back on the apps and I went through the whole rigmarole of dating and it was so wonderful and great. And I met someone and she was fantastic. And we did do go from zero to 100. And it was, I would say mostly because of me. We, when you start looking back on the relationships and you understand that you're the driver of things, it's easy to see where you missed 
like the pitfalls of what was not going well. But very early on in the beginning, she was like, don't love bomb me. Don't love bomb me. I was like, I don't know what this is. And then I learned. And it's funny because the things that you're mentioning that I would assume most often come from the male side of the relationship, it just seems like that would be the indicator, I think is what happened to me. And it was very funny. We went very hot and heavy and then it fizzled. And I am cognizant enough and I've been around in enough relationships that I knew that it had already set its like it had already set its course and it was done. And I ended things. And, you know, it was I gave her the ability to end things, I should say. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's super funny. I, I didn't know this was a thing. And it's something that I, uh, I think would be uh, uh, like really good to like tell and, and learn because you know these kinds of things like texting all the time in, like intermittent textings like where you have like huge delays and stuff like I have conversations with friends of mine all the time like if you have a particular conversation style that needs to be like matched up with your partner like those expectations need to be had and met and if they're not like th- these are things that need to be discussed Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%. I'm very curious what your take on online dating is. Um, I've been in it and out of it for a plethora. And, and online can mean Match.com and Hinge and right. Bumble and all those mm-hmm. things. Um, but I'm curious what your thoughts are on them and how you were able to successfully navigate them to a healthy relationship. Yeah, totally. Um, I hate them. I fucking hate them. <laughs> Same. Mm-hmm. Good. Mm-hmm. I feel that it has done a disservice to dating um, because now what we struggle with as a species, because us humans, man, we love to make our lives so much freaking harder. <laughs> um, we we now, because of the dating app and online craze of, of meeting people, on the one hand, it's amazing, right? We have all of this opportunity now, people we never would have ever met because they don't go to the same, you know, they don't don't live in the same neighborhood. They don't go to the same grocery store, you know, all of that. We have plenty of opportunities now to connect with people farther away from us who could be potentially more aligned with us. And it has enabled so much shitty behavior at the same time. And what I mean by that is this thought of the grass is greener, you know, the, the bigger, better syndrome of, you know, okay, well, I kind of like this person that's in front of me, but who's my next swipe? Who's my next match, you know? And, and so now we're not even investing with who's actually in front of us Mm -hmm. long enough to tell if this can go somewhere. So, you know, I think, um, online dating has, is, honestly fucked some shit up in the day like i um i do not envy anyone out there trying to use those mediums to meet people i'm Mm -hmm. super glad you just mentioned the whole swiping and and immediacy of things because i i saw like some comedian was talking about online dating and he was like yeah like i went on a date with this girl and we had like a two-hour dinner and drinks and it was amazing and we had so much fun and we made plans and couldn't wait to see her again. But like, meanwhile, both of us went home and immediately started swiping again. And immediately, you know, that dopamine fix, that like subconscious yeah. thing that we need to keep doing this is like needed to be itched or scratched or whatever. And I was like, that's mm-hmm. so wild because I, I can vividly recall almost every time I went on a date immediately when I got home, I was like back swiping and, and looking again. And yeah, it's just a really, really, it's, it's an unfortunately super simple and toxic way to meet a person which it's like the duality between the two makes it hard for it to be successful at least in my opinion yep yeah totally and the statistics show that the top two ways to meet people still are being set up by friends and family or at social events no shit those are still the 
yeah, third is online dating. So, so if you're someone that's, and, and I, you know, I don't know if you've heard of meetup.com, but I say this all the time. Like if you are over the dating game annoyance, like get on meetup, join some social groups in your area. Cause now you're meeting people without the expectation of romantic feelings. It's a casual environment. You get to know someone and you already know you're like-minded because you're, you have a sim- similar interest. You're in this group, you know, and that can be sure any group off a of meetup, but like bar trivia night, taco Tuesday night, like just get out there and be social and be open to chatting and starting conversations with people, not to be a creep, sure, but just to be friendly. Yeah. And that's going to open a lot of doors for you. I feel like, are, are you in your thirties? How I'm sorry. I didn't ask. How old are you? I'm tw- yeah, I'm 29. I turned okay. 30 in a couple months. Oh, happy birthday. Um, I feel like there is this point where you reach your 30 to mid thirties where something like meetup will be super important because you all of your friends start getting married and they start having kids so your social interactions start going down right mm-hmm. let alone the raging pandemic that has inhibited the ability to like go out and meet people um but for sure I, like i've found myself just trying to like get more friends like i have a huge group of friends but like you don't see them all all the time like i i'm super lucky right. to have a really tight-knit group of people that i call like my family but you know, we don't go out all the time. Like I saw friends of mine for my birthday last week for like the first time in like three or four months. Now, like there are extraneous circumstances around that, but totally agree that like just getting out of your comfort zone and just like meeting like-minded people will be tremendous for, you know, the the possibility of meeting their friend who may know someone who may know someone who may know someone for sure. Um, I think it's pretty cool that you took like, you know, what would be a life trauma and turned it into a business, which is pretty awesome. And then also successfully navigated the online dating world. Um, as a relationship coach, what do you find are some of the most like inhibiting factors for individuals that like, uh, are hurdles that they put in their own way, um, that ultimately hinders them from meeting someone? Oh my God. Great question. And, um, it's, it's insecurity 100%. Hmm. Um, let me tell you, okay. My boyfriend and I, first of all, I was very much online when I met my boyfriend, but I lucked out and met him through a work function. Um, I will tell you this navigating online dating. My number one tip is to be your authentic self and not give a damn what anyone thinks of you because I was the, I broke all the rules. I asked my boyfriend out for a beer my first, I texted him first in Yoda speak, mind you, because I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and and he went home that night, like literally, we had we had been we had met through work. He went home that night after I texted him in Yoda speak and told his buddies, like, I think I might have just met my wife because <laughs> I love this. that. And so so here's my point: what holds people back from connecting with their person? They don't send the Yoda speak text. Mm. They don't stay true to, to themselves because they're like, oh, my God, what if this person thinks I'm crazy for sending a text in Yoda speak? But it's like, I just found out he's as much of a Star Wars nerd as me. I'm going to own that right now. You know, like he's going to get it. And not only that, the other thing was, is um, I found out that there was a rumor going around. He was talking to another girl uh, in within the work environment we were in. And I just asked him, I was like, hey, dude, like, we're about to go on a first date. And I just want to know, like, you're welcome to be seeing other people, but let me know. And he was like, I appreciated you just fucking asking me because so many other women could potentially sit in that fear and that insecurity. And instead of just like, hey, I just want to know, like, let's clear the air. That nervous energy becomes polarizing to a guy because even though nothing's being said, that energy is like repelling that connection, you know? Mm, So the... 
yeah, the answer to your question is be you, be completely, authentically, genuinely you in all of the ways and your out there will vibe with that. I like you know? that. I, so. I think, you know, I'm super glad you mentioned that because, you know, as you get older, you become the best well, at least in my case, I'm the best person I've been in my life, you know, because over the last right. few years, I've done things to help myself personal growth via therapy, mm -hmm. via any number right. of things that I've, you know, grown through. And I, I like the, the one reoccurring thing I say all the time on my podcast is like, I wonder if I could have like imparted any of the life lessons I've received over the last two years to like 22 year old John, right. And like, mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think that that would possibly be true. But it is been a huge benefit to my dating life because like you said I am unapologetically myself I am this is who I am this is the way I feel this is the way I think and someone's gonna love that they're gonna fucking eat that yeah. up and other people are gonna be like whoa bro we're, right. we're not gonna yeah. go out again and I think the the biggest thing that I struggle with as a single person is matching people's like expectations and then trying to read what they're um, motivations truly are because if you're on the app sure you're looking for someone but like people are super inse insecure to be able to say hey I like you but you're not my person we don't need to go out again like I am very much like I had so much fun you are a genuinely great human being we're never going to go out again I say it nicer than that but I recently right. went out with someone who was like we I had a good time you're great I just don't see us like romantic in any way but I would love to go out with you again and I was like well I don't know. Like, do you think another date, like you're going to all of a sudden develop these like, you know, romantic chemistry feelings for me? I was like, probably not. Like, that's something that should be there. Maybe not five seconds in, but we spent two hours together. Like, is another two right. hours going to serve you any better in that regard? And I was like, no. I was like, you're a wonderful human being. We're just not meant to be. We can just be friends. And I think that is the biggest hurdle with dating now is people being afraid to like own their feelings and, and like be very upfront and honest about the things that they're thinking and feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. And it's like, when it comes to that, by the way, I always remember karma, treat people the way you want to be treated. Like, don't just ghost, don't just disappear, like let them off the hook. Because if you if the roles are reversed, you would want to be let off the hook too. 100%. So I, I love that you carry yourself that way. That's awesome. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that I definitely did ghost people in my 20s. And when I look back on it, like if I wasn't going to be like the most insane, creepy text possible 10 years later, like I would love to go back and tell everyone that I ghosted like, hey, I'm super sorry that I was like an immature, narcissistic asshole in my 20s. And I did that because it is truly the worst thing to do. Like it takes five seconds to be like, hey, we had fun together. This isn't working. And I'm like, really wish you the best moving forward. That's super easy. And it's like that level of honesty is going to hurt someone a lot less than you just ghosting them because that fucks people up. Yeah. Yeah. And what you put out there comes back. So you don't need that in your life. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of the other things, so like I, I've got a lot of girlfriends. Um, it's weird that all my guy friends are married and a good number of my girlfriends are single and the amount of shitbag human beings that come on my species uh, on my sex of of humans is like remarkable um and the common theme that i get from them is that when they're dating someone they'll go on three to five dates and they'll be 
told every single thing that they want to hear and how, how great everything is. And then basically once they start sleeping together, like, oh, I don't really want a relationship anymore. So how do you like match up someone's words and like get a good, clear picture of whether the things that they're telling you are actually like, you know, indicative of something that they are actually looking for or whether you're being gaslit? Yeah. Um, great question. And this isn't going to be the sexiest answer because sometimes you won't know until you know. Yeah. Um, because they can be, some of them can be really fucking good. Some, you know, they say all the right things and, you know, do all the right things. And then all of a sudden you're blindsided. And if that's you, I want to encourage you that that's a reflection of them. It has no definition of your value and your worth. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, with that being said, I always, like to tell my clients, like be your best private investigator, believe the physical evidence that you see. And I'll give an example of this in a second from when I was not dating smartly. Um, believe the physical evidence of what you see and believe the patterns of their behavior and actions over their words. Words are cheap. Talk is so cheap. Texting talk. So fucking cheap. People mm -hmm. do not believe what you read over text, especially with a new person, like take time, trust is built and that's okay to operate that way, you know? So an example of trusting the physical evidence, you see the relationship that brought me to my knees, um, that, that really led me to my rock bottom. Uh, within the first couple of weeks we had, we had been dating, we established exclusivity. Um, and within a week of that, I, was over at his place and there was a receipt on his desk for a large dinner bill from BJ's that was written on, written on it was took Rachel. He was a real estate agent. So he loved to write everything off. And <laughs> when I confronted him about it, I was like, Hey, you didn't tell me you went to BJ's last night, by the way, a 45 minute drive there one way and back. So 90 minutes of driving, you know, with this girl, Rachel. And I was like, I know we just, talked about exclusivity and like, I just want to know like what, what happened, you know, like, I just let me know, you know, like, I'm not upset that you're going to dinner with this chick, but like, I want to know just cause finding out about it this way is kind of shitty. Mm -hmm. And he was like, this is where I was gaslit. He was like, I have friends that are girls. Is that a problem? And I was like, I just said no, but I don't like finding a bill from 10 o'clock at night BJ's last night when you told me you were home. Ooh. Right. And and old Alex, because like I said, that was the relationship that brought me to my knees. She stayed after that conversation. And to anyone on the outside looking in, it was like, girl, you are getting played, mm -hmm. right? But, and it did, it came out like it was every two weeks and it was like a cadence and I didn't even have enough self-respect to put that down. It was so unhealthy. And if anyone wants more details, hit me up on the gram. I'll be happy to share more, but believe the physical evidence. If you catch something like that, and there is no, yeah, you're right. My bad. Like I should have let you know, or any clear kind of answer or explanation. Peace out, Felicia. Yeah. Like that is not. Wow. No. Yeah. That's fucked up. My, uh, I don't know if I have, so I got cheated on in my twenties that like fucked me up for a while. And I don't know if I have the most healthy relationship with being lied to now, but if, if for any mm. reason I'm lied to, it's almost like a mortal wound for the relationship. And this could be a friend. This could be a family member. This could be anything. But, like, it doesn't take much to just be honest and tell the truth. Like, I'm very pragmatic when it comes to these things in life. Do what you say, mean what you say, and say the, and do the mm -hmm. things that you say you're going to do. And it's, like, really that simple. Like, just, you know, yeah. if you're going to call me when you get home, 
call me when you get home. That sounds like a small yeah. thing, but it's like do the things that you say you're going to do. If you're like going yeah. out with friends and we're supposed to hang out and then you cancel to see them or something, like just do the things that you say you're supposed to do and not the otherwise. Um, but man, yeah. that's that's super fucked up. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. At, yeah. As a relationship coach, um, I'm very curious how, I mean, is the measurement of success with your your clients basically just them getting into healthy relationships like how how do you measure success for your clients totally i love that question and it, it kind of runs the gamut because i've i've coached a couple clients actually through a divorce okay. getting out of a relationship um, and focusing on healing and loving themselves and finding themselves after that i also have coached couples through like their challenges and i do coach i actually one of my clients who um just worked with me for three months and we just wrapped up last week I coached her through getting into a relationship because she started dating again and was like, I am self-sabotaging left, right, and center. And now, you know, over Thanksgiving, she met his parents out of state. They, you know, did this whole trip together. She's going back for Christmas. They've said the love yous and the exclusivities happened and she's good to go. So, you know, I've kind of done it. Um, it kind of is all over the place as far as how I measure success, but really what matters and what every client has in common that I can say is they have agency over their ability to date. You know, they, they know what to look for. They know how to speak to any red or yellow flags that come up. Um, instead of just justifying them, they explore them. They feel comfortable setting boundaries. They don't crave attention to fuel their self-worth. Mm. Um, so those are, those are the big ones. Mm -hmm. Wow. I love that. Don't crave attention to, wow, that's good. I like that. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah. I think, you know, so I've reached the age where I think my parents have like, I've got three, two nieces and a nephew. My sister's about to get married in January. Like I'm off the hook mm -hmm. with when are you going to get married? When are you, you know, like I don't get those right. questions anymore. It's totally out of like my purview from at this point, which is wonderful because it, that's another added layer of stress that nobody needs. Um, mm -hmm. You kind of had like a immediacy in terms of checking the boxes that your parents were looking for and your family life and the whole nine yards. And then that kind of falls apart. And I, I have often said that like there are all of these boxes laid out for you at a young age through, you know, certain time period where you need to do these things and I've done none of them and I'm I feel like I have a great healthy relationship with the fact that I haven't checked any of these boxes off and it's perfect for me but there mm -hmm. is such inherent pressure for people of our generation to be married by 30 to have kids by 31 to like have all these white picket fence things and dreams taking care of you um, how do you coach your clients to avoid the pitfalls of the societal pressure to check these kind of life boxes I tell them to forget about it all and do what makes them happy. Like, honestly, you know, and you know, same. So for me as a woman, the biggest societal pressure I get is when you're going to have a baby, you know? And it's like, I've used to think my entire life that I would have babies. And now my boyfriend and I are like, I don't know if I really do want to have kids, yeah. you know? And that's a healthy conversation to have and to analyze with like, like what's going on in the world. And then just for us, it's like, what's really important to me. And so that's what I encourage everyone to do is like, know your values. You do not, you're a grown ass adult now, assuming you're over the age of 18, listening to, the, to this, you are allowed to make your own decisions. You are allowed to create the life that you want. Forget what governments, forget what religions say, like find your happiness. And by the way, that's allowed to fucking change too. Okay. Mm. Like if you want to be single and then all of a sudden you're 35 and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be single anymore 
that's okay. If you decide you don't want to have kids and then you hit 50 and you're like, you know what? I do want to have a baby. You may have some challenges, but there's always options for adoption and things like that. And so just live your life from day to day, take it one step at a time and do what makes you happy. Yeah. I mean, it's such like a hilariously cliche thing, Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I've been blessed that like my life is completely different than what I would expected it to be like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it is the most wonderful freeing thing on the planet. But I never afforded myself the opportunity to do these things. I never like opened myself up to discovering new and interesting things about myself. And you're completely right. Like there, there is no timeline except for your timeline. And it's the timeline that mm-hmm. you make for yourself. Mm-hmm. 100%. I'm super yeah. curious about, so like I have like what I look for with a partner, like the things that are like important for me for the quote unquote partner checklist of like their intelligence, their sense of humor, like things that I look for that will match up on my level of the things that are like I'm attracted to or that I would see in a viable partner. Um, What are some commonalities that you see amongst people that you work with on terms of like what makes for um a, a good partner, uh, a healthy relationship? Like what are some key ingredients, so to speak? Yeah, I would say going back, um, similar to what I said before is self-awareness, like finding a partner who's self-aware and can own their mistakes is huge. And that right there is a challenge to find. Uh, for some reason, we, again, as a species love to be defensive. We never like to admit when we make mistakes. Um, and we got to drop that. It's like, we're human beings. We will make mistakes and that's okay. That doesn't make you a bad person. That doesn't make you a shitty partner. You're just a human, accept that. So number one, finding someone who's self-aware, finding someone who can own their mistakes, finding someone who is honest and communicative as we've discussed um, and open-minded. And at the end of the day is respectful like just find someone who has a good moral character honestly again not a sexy answer Hmm. but that that is what the that is where the longevity of the relationship comes from right Mm -hmm. because all of the feelings and the sexy you know initial sparks fly in chemistry like life will happen you guys are gonna have to deal with some hard times together and what gets you through that is not the warm and fuzzy sexy feelings it's do you respect me when I'm being weak and can you hold me up and be my strength when I'm having a rough day and when I'm going through stuff, you know, that is really what carries the relationship forward. And for that, you need someone who is a good complimentary partner to you, you know, so, so know your strengths, know your weaknesses and find someone that balances out. I mean, that's, that's beautifully said. I think that also sort of fundamentally runs into the issue with like online dating, right? Because you know, mm-hmm. you're taught as a kid, don't judge a book by its cover, but like that's exactly what you do on online dating. And I think yep. I think honestly, like I, I struggle absolutely zero percent with confidence issues or like uh body dysmorphia or like you know, my physical self. I, I think I'm yeah. fucking the hottest guy on earth. It's irrational, yes. but yes. it's how I feel. So it's like when you don't have like I think the thing that I've learned most is like, yeah, I'm not going to marry like a Victoria's Secret model. That's okay. But like I also don't need to make – you don't need to make like except you know exceptions for yourself. Like you can be attracted to someone. It could sneak up on you. You can find something about someone that is completely extraneous to their looks and that can be the, the thing. Like 
I, I for so many years, I put so much focus and energy on like how attracted to a, a person I was with or right. how good the sexual chemistry was. To me, it was like, well, if the sex is bad, nothing else is ever going to be matter because the sex is bad. And then it's like you're a big dumb idiot and you don't realize that like sexual chemistry and sexual compatibility grows over time. Like when you learn and develop that kind of uh you know, timing with your partner, mm-hmm. it gets better. Like the, like these are all things that I wish I learned in my twenties. Like I just right. pr- practical, <laughs> normal shit that you don't learn at a young age. Cause you're just like, Oh, I want to just hook up with the hot girl at, that's at my table at the club <laughs> and whatever. <laughs> right, 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 right. 100%. Yeah. Um, I, I find that because I'm in like in a different place from all of my friends and family, like the, conversations that I have out on dates are like more or less the same like oh you know how's your job oh how you know how your family oh like everything's super surface level and that to me is inherently the most frustrating thing about dating because it is super repetitive in that all the conversations that I have are the same and like while I'm very 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 interested in learning what their favorite movies are because I love movies it's like the conversation repetitiveness acts as a deterrent to me wanting to date. How do Mm. I take something that is as big a staple to dating as possible as like having these really mundane conversations and not let it inhibit me from continuing to trust the process and continue to date and do the thing repeatedly, even though it is an an exhausting process? Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to give anyone who's burnt out from dating or like fed up and feeling that energy permission to take a break because you're allowed to. And I I would actually say that that's the smartest thing to do because again, that energy of you being frustrated will show up in the messages you send and the kind of interactions you have. So that's first. Second thing is, is like, can we please just have more fun while we date people? Like, (laughs) fuck the dinner dates. It's so goddamn serious. Go bowling, go play mini golf, go out, go to a dog beach and bring your dogs, like have fun, do an activity together because that way you get to see how someone responds to missing a shot to, you know, having conversation that's more around the activity you're doing than the stereotypical work, blah, blah, blah. What do you do? And the other thing I would say is, um, get some, you're going to feel like a kid, but I love this. So I know that there's more me's out there in the world who would love this, but ask fun questions. Like if you could have any superpower you would, you know, ever, what would it be and why? And, and and that can be really, you find out people's values asking that my boyfriend and I played the 20 question game just for funsies the other day. And despite being together for a while now, we still have new stories that come up when we, when we take the time to play like that, you know, and, um, we were talking about that and I said, I would love to be able to teleport to wherever the fuck I want. And the reason for that is I haven't traveled much in my life and I am really hungry to travel. That's one of my goals I have for my business is to get to a place where I can travel and still work. And, um, and that was, you know, so my value for adventure and for travel came through in the superpower question, you Mm. know, whereas with him, he wanted to be able to fly because of that feeling and that experience of being free and floating in the air. Right. So it's totally different superpowers, but again, stems from a value or an interest that we have that, you know what I mean? So it's ask fun, playful questions and think of them beforehand, you know, Google, open-ended questions and, and screenshot it and 
have fun with it. You know, take the pressure off yourself. There's a screenshot that I have on my phone. I I wouldn't be able to find it right now, but it basically was like, I don't, I'm not interested in like knowing your favorite color. Like I want to know your feelings on like God Mm. and aliens and like all these like big things, because like that will be significantly more informative than finding out that like, you know, you like lattes or yeah right exactly (laughs) totally i love that though yeah i i I think my biggest issue so like i i did give myself the opportunity to take a break recently from dating just because it's just been exhaustive it's like a crazy time in the world covid's ramping back up it's Mm. like all this like pressures of like a million things and like i definitely want to be in a relationship right now i've i've done the work i am so prepared to share my life with someone so it's like frustrating when you keep doing the same thing and the same thing and same thing and it's not working but i have given myself the ability to take a step back because i think when you what i was doing was looking at it as a task i was looking at dating Mm, as mm -hmm. a job right like i was like okay well i'm gonna spend 15 minutes every morning like swiping and talking and texting and doing all this like i was looking at it too analytical and it was like this is so fucking this is terrible like i'm not fucking gonna meet Mm. someone like this the conversations were super dry i was being incredibly um bland in in who i was like i wasn't imparting like the enthusiastic uh lover of life like i am because i was looking at it as like an assignment Right. I think I've learned a lot in the last year in terms of like allowing yourself to give yourself space for when you're doing something that might not necessarily be working. Yeah. And it's needed. Totally. It's a great reset. Totally. Um, What do you find to be like the biggest detriment or the biggest inhibitor for like modern day relationships? Because my, my belief is that statistically i could be wrong i don't know what the percentage is of like people who are single versus people are married uh you know married in committed relationships i find people like once they hit a certain certain age in their 30s it becomes increasingly difficult to meet a person and i think the reason why we in my generation are single and finding it harder to meet people at our age group is because we're probably not willing to settle Right. We're still looking mm-hmm. for that pie in the sky mentality. Um, so my question for you is like, what do you think is like uh, an inhibiting factor for someone who's never been married recently? You know, j- standard dating history, like few years relationships or whatever, you know, maybe 10 years, whatever it might be. What is like the number one or two, three things standing in someone's way as they approach like mid, you know, early to mid 30s and they're still single? Yeah, totally. So I would say the first thing that a lot of people don't realize, I alluded to this before, but it's healing and fixing your own shit because your nervous system dictates who you're attracted to because like that's what gives us those warm, fuzzy feelings. So using my life as a personal example, just to illustrate this concept, I grew up in a home where there was a lot of mental, emotional and verbal abuse. And so in my relationships, because I was so accustomed and my nervous system was so used to thriving and surviving in an environment where there was a lot of mental, emotional, verbal abuse, Mm. um, I saw I subconsciously sought that out because that environment, that dynamic was familiar to me. So I was I was literally. Yeah, because your nervous system from the second you're born into this world is learning based off the interactions, based off of how your parents soothe you when you're crying as a baby. It starts to learn how to attach, detach, how to perceive relationships. So doing the inner work is so insanely important, especially if you've found yourself being attracted to unhealthy human beings. It's most likely because you're not even a 
attracted to the healthy ones because they feel different to your nervous system. And this was the case with me. Yeah. When I met my boyfriend, um, he was so into me and, uh, I, I loved it, but at the same time, I could feel my my system wasn't as excited by that. You know, I was so used to having to chase and prove mm. myself that when I had a guy who was like, I'm here for you, baby, like, I like you, let's do the damn thing. I was like, really? <laughs> like, me? Yeah. Seriously? And um, so it took me some time to have, have that feeling of falling in love, you know, like I really liked him from the get-go like we had great conversation there was great like banter and chemistry in that way but i wasn't feeling all caught up in my feels or obsessive like to the point to where i was like stalking his ex from seven years ago on instagram right um because because of Yeah, because because I was so I was so safe with him. It didn't feel the same as it did to all of my previous toxic relationships. And let me tell you this, nor should it. You cannot compare healthy relationships to unhealthy ones because they do not show up in the world the same. They don't the feelings in your body are not the same. So that's my first tip. Okay, I forgot what my second tip was. Let me get a second. (laughs) You were saying the question was, what are the top? One, two, three. Yeah. Oh, I remember it. I remember it. It came back to me. Thank you. Um, It was don't be so damn picky. Right. Mm. What I would encourage people to do if they have caught themselves kind of nitpicking and they're like, oh, you know, this person checks all of these boxes, except um, they don't like football as much as I do. Okay. Or something like that. If if you catch yourself kind of stuck in those thought patterns of, of nitpicking little things, I challenge you to um, put that down and just keep exploring the relationship and see if that connection grows. Um, because one that could be shedding light that you have an avoidant attachment style if you're too picky. And if you want to learn more about attachment theory, again, you're welcome to hit me up or read the book attached. Um, by Amir Levine, I believe is his name, and he's great. Um, And the other thing is, is that focus on your core values, like your top three deal breakers, you know, obvious, assuming monogamy, if you're a monogamous person, and you want that, then loyalty will definitely be one of your values, right? And then focus on other things like the sense of humor aspect and being open minded, you know, and just look for the core aspects of the moral character, you know, the things that define the moral character of the person that you want to establish a lifelong partnership with. I really like that. I think it's also very interesting because you mentioned that chasing the spark, um, chasing the, uh, you know, that I Mm -hmm. I was always looking for the pie in the sky fireworks kind of thing. And I don't do that anymore. It's just not practical, right? So it's like I was Wait. having a conversation with a friend of mine and I was like, yeah, like I used to put so much emphasis on chemistry and sex and then I realized like I've had very enjoyable, great sex with many people. It, it was not m- mutually exclusive to the th- like three people that I told I love you, right? So it's like when mm-hmm. you start taking things and looking at them in a much more rational you know, mindset, you realize these are things that can learn and grow and get better with time. It's like, I don't need to have the most insane make out the first night I meet someone. That's not always going to happen. It might be fucking terrible. It might be horrible. You know, it's like you, you that that's super. I, I like that. that. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think my biggest hurdle that I've experienced both personally and within my friend group is that 
there is a sense of, I don't know how to describe this, like not wanting to um, be chased anymore or like, do. I'm sorry, not wanting to do the chasing, right? So like a lot mm. of my girlfriends, a lot of my guy friends, they've all said like they're exhausted by the fact that like things don't come together unless they make them come together. And I think that is just like... You know, we're living in a weird time in the world and that's just like practical of if you want something to happen, you kind of have to like morph it into an existence. But I'm curious what your thoughts are on that mentality of like if you're if you're not willing to put the work in, if you're not willing to like, quote unquote, chase some after something, is it possible to still be, you know, successful? You're still able to be able to find someone if you're not a hundred percent committed. Oh, what a good question. Um, you know, the reason I feel like people are so saying like, I don't want to chase them over the games is because everyone's burnt out because we have all been treating each other like dicks. Okay. (laughs) So, so, you know, it's a collective thing and I wish I had a megaphone to shout from the rooftops. Um, to kind of reiterate what I said before, you know, you're allowed to take a date and please, for the love of God, be true to you. Because I think a lot of the reason we get so exhausted while dating is because of that. We aren't staying true to ourselves. And it's really, it's a full-time job to keep up some kind of facade or dynamic that isn't genuine to you and your soul. Mm. So it's like, put it down, you know, and like date when you want to date. And by the way, when you find someone who truly interests you, you will want to chase them. You will want to put in the work. So, you know, just don't read into it so much, you know, date, date when you, when your energy is in alignment and it's like, okay, yeah, I've had it some time to myself. I'm ready. I'm like, I actually feel myself wanting to get on an app again. Like wait till that prompts you, you know, because we can't, we can't control time. And, and I really feel that our inner beings know what's right for us. And we already know what we need. We just need to silence the noise of everything going on in the world to get there. And so if you just take your time, pump the brakes, allow yourself to want and desire and wait for that prompt to actually get back out there and try. And then again, when you do meet someone that is interesting that will become so much more natural again to start to want to be like, okay, yeah. Like when, when am I going to see you? You know, like, let's go grab a coffee really quick. I love um, that. Yeah. I yeah. think that's great. Um, I'm super curious. So you, you've kind of took like your life and are now for a living helping people, which obviously mm-hmm. has to be a multifaceted, rewarding, stressful, anxious. Like it's, it has its inherent like craziness. <laughs> yes. So like your days are probably super up and super down. And I'm super curious how like you as an individual, as a business owner, as like XYZ, how you, how do you like conceptualize the success of what you're doing? And is it like reaching a certain number of clients? Is it a certain number of like, it, cause you have to live, right? So you need to make money. Mm-hmm. So like for a long time from a work perspective, I only chased dollars. Like I only cared about how much money I was mm. making and where it was relative to the people around me. But now that I'm doing, like I'm a photographer now, now that I'm doing something that I'm in love with every day, like the dollars don't matter. Like I'm getting compensated awesome. the things that I want to be compensated for. So it's like completely different. So we're, similarly in a field where it's like creative-esque whatever we're our own business entities Mm -hmm. so i'm curious for you 
like you have inherent like glow ups when you have your customers who are being successful in finding relationships. But like as a business person, like you also has to like marry that with uh, like a financial aspect. So I'm curious how you kind of like weigh the two and like how, you know, that kind of feeds into like your overarching life. Yeah, totally. So, um, you're very correct on, on both aspects. Of course, I have financial goals for my business and like what I want to get to and all of that. And at the same, you know, it's really funny because I haven't thought about this, but now that you've asked me this question, I've kind of realized like how much I've grown in the last year of being an entrepreneur, because I used to be same thing. I was like, all right, like I need to get my bottom line here so that I can live and like, da da da. da. And that was something that I used to be um, very focused on. Um, and now I'm since you've asked me this question, I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, that's not something that I'm like obsessing over anymore, which just goes to show two things like money mindsets improved into like, obviously, I have a good flow of business right now, so I can relax on that area. Mm-hmm. Still have a lot of growth that I want to achieve. Like I said, like I do. I want to go to Tokyo Disney. My boyfriend and I are big Disney nerds, too. So it's like we want to go to every Disney park and like all that. So, you know, we have a lot of big dreams. And to do that, we need to fund them. But I think really what what honestly like what makes me so damn happy and proud, like my inner child's all proud of the woman that I am today is like earlier today, I got a message from a client to get private chat support with me too. And she's like, earlier this week was in tears with me. We have a session on Monday. And today she's like, I'm doing great. The self-love is kicking in. And I'm that it's like the amount of, of, energy and the lightness in my spirit that that gives me is a that's addicting for me Mm. is like oh my god this woman who's in her mid-50s and going through a hell of of a divorce is literally like trying to redesign her life and I was able to help her find some peace in that I was able to help her know how to take care of herself so she didn't feel like she was constantly exhausted and constantly having to overgive and all of that so you know i i can't i mean as far as how many clients that's hilarious because like i'm actually at a place where i'm trying to do more group coaching to be able to serve more people Mm. um and that's actually what i'm working on right now and we start in january but as far as private clients like i can only serve so many people at once because of the energy that i have and the emotional capacity that i have hmm. so it's time to scale and that's like a really exciting thing for me and um yeah i'm kind of riding that entrepreneurial wave right now i love that i mean that's awesome i think it just in terms of like quintessentially living your life with purpose like you want everyone around you to be successful and be happy like the I didn't yeah. used to give a shit about people at all. I was the most selfish person on planet earth. I just wanted to be rich, fucking make money and travel. <laughs> and like, I was the worst. I was the worst. And I'm not, I'm so not yeah. like that anymore. And like, my life is so much better. It's crazy. And it's like super rewarding to hear, like, even just like me, we're like new friends. Like, I'm just super happy to hear that. Like you're doing something that's got such intentionality, such beautiful purpose. And that's just, it's wonderful. I love that. Thanks. Um, you too, John. <laughs> thanks. I like to spend the last bit of every podcast doing like sort of like a rapid fire Q and A. Some are super easy, okay. some are a little hard. Um, just like first one or two things that come to mind, or like whatever, like you know, comes comes at Weird. comes at. Let's you. go. First question might be hard for you because now I know your your Disney background. What is your favorite movie? 
Oh, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Rings. The God, first my one. boyfriend's going to freak out. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I, I, I love all the Lord of the Rings. I love the Hobbits. Uh, I think the third, what is that? The Return of the King is my favorite movie uh-huh. of, the, it's a great of one. the Lord of the Rings trilogy. But that's good. What's, uh, what's your favorite book? Oh, shit. Um, I will say You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. That book changed my life. Cool. I'll check that out. Um, what's your favorite food? Mexican food. Anything Mexican food, please. And with a Haritos Mandarin. Thanks. <laughs> nice. Um, do you believe in an afterlife? Ooh. Uh, um, I don't know where I'm at on that, honestly, because I, I, like I said, I was raised in a religious home. So that was a belief of mine for a very long time, but I have, I'm not anymore. Like I don't identify as a Christian or anything like that. I do believe in a divine being though. Yeah. As far as an afterlife. I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I uh, was raised Catholic. I have a multitude of, uh, mo- excuse me, I have multiple religious tattoos. Not a religion guy mm-hmm. at all. Not not big. I did have a wonderful conversation with my old priest on my podcast, which was fantastic. That's dope. Um, but yeah, yeah, not not for me. I'm I'm with you on that. I do believe in an afterlife. I think it would be crazy if human beings exist because some like three celled organism crawled out of a primordial pool and there was like no real reason for us existing that would be crazy to me yeah (laughs) Um, yeah 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 what are you most proud of my business what is your biggest regret oh that's a hard one um my biggest regret i'm not gonna say my divorce i'm not even gonna say me getting married um, I'm going to say not prioritizing my healing, um, the first time, the, after my first heart, right after the divorce. I like that. Um, what gives you confidence? <laughs> um, taking action, just doing the damn thing. I like that. Um, what inspires you? What inspires me? My clients. Mm, what's your biggest dream my biggest dream okay okay well honestly this is very much about my my business um but i would love for my my best friend who's a therapist now i've known her since i was 11 um we started a podcast together and we're uh it's about dating relationships and all that and so what we would love to do someday is to have a mixer um like on at all of the big cities around the u.s so singles and people that have worked with us but are very much focused on healthy relationships can meet that's awesome that's so fucking cool yeah um what what is the best piece of advice someone's ever given you (sighs) the best piece of advice someone's ever given me there's a lot going through right now um Ooh, I'm stuck between two. Give me them both. Um, well, the first one that comes to mind is is the saying new level, new devil. And what that means to me is that um, we're constantly growing. And, you know, this it's something that's kind of been uh, resonating in my ears because um, or ringing in my ears lately, because as I grow in business, there's actually a lot of recalibrating of my own nervous system to be able to hold space for more money and clients and things like that. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's a huge piece of advice where it's just like, we're constantly in growth. Um, and the other one as also cliche as this may sound is, uh, this too shall pass. 
you know, remaining present and knowing that if today is a hard day, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be here forever. Mm. So, yeah. I like that. Um, okay. Last question. Uh, give me a recommendation for something that you've consumed lately. Uh, it could be a book, movie, podcast, TV show, just something that you've recently consumed that you would like everyone to check out. Mm, uh, I would, I mean, I don't want to be selfish and say my own podcast, be but selfish. I do have a blast over there. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Brie and I, my, my best friend, Brianna, we have a really, it's a very fun show, but we, for example, just finished unpacking bachelorette. So our show is all around, uh, analyzing. Yeah, we analyze. I love the bachelorette. Yeah. Unabashed bachelor fan. No problem. Freaking, freaking listen. So we just, we, we analyze all of the episodes and say, this is contemptuous behavior. We point out the details and um, her and I, not to sound cocky, but we're pretty fucking funny. So, <laughs> you know, it's really funny, but it's also super educational and real life application for you to take into your dating life um, so that you're not stooped. <laughs> I like that. I'm going to definitely subscribe as soon as we get off the line. Alex, I think you are <laughs> such a cool fucking awesome person. And I'm super, super appreciative that you took the time out to chat with me today. Uh, I absolutely loved our chat. And it was it was so great. I have a very cheesy line. If you've been on my podcast, you're part of my family. Um, thank you so much for coming on. I, I just had such a such a blast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I had fun too. No problem. Take care and have a great day. <laughs>